The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to the Radiate Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Clemens Hoffman. Each week we will discuss tools, tips, and ways to radiate your best life ever, interviewing practitioners, authors, and luminaries to help you on your path. Wellness, joy, peace, abundance. What do you want to radiate? Hello and welcome to the Radiate Wellness Podcast. Today we radiate the unknown with my very dear friend, G.L. Davis, and who is in Wales right now. So um, Gavin has written this book that's just now out called Harvest, The True Story of Alien Abduction. I mean, it is scary. It is truly terrifying. So uh, G.L., Gavin, welcome so much. It has been just a thrill for me to have you on here. Thank you so much, Chris. Do you know, I'm a huge fan, and I would just like to take the time to just thank you on behalf of everything, everyone that you do for you, for uh, my friends, my authors, the community, and especially during this really tricky and challenging lockdown era, this pandemic era. Your work, the, the things you've been radiating, the education, the light, the hope, just, just, it's just been such a great distraction, but not just that. Is help fuel me on my own spiritual journey to find out more about myself. Of all these great, great people you you interview, you're probably one of the greatest interviewers I've ever known. And you know, I love your new hair, by the way. And I just want to say thank you so much for having me on the show. And to all your wonderful audience, it's absolutely a huge honor, it's such a pleasure for me to be on. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. I just have been so looking forward to this because you're such a dear, such a such a lovely, lovely person. And um, you work with such top-notch authors. And I should say, in full disclosure, Gav is um, working with many, many authors to help them publish and market their books and has recommended several, just m- so many great, great, wonderful authors and wonderful people. And I said, when are you going to come and talk to me, honey? Because I knew that, Gav, I knew you had written many books and I wanted to talk to you about them. So thank you, thank you, thank you. So this Harvest, Harvest, this crazy book, it's been quite a, uh, well, can you just summarize it for us? 
Yeah, of course. And, and before I begin, if any of your audience, okay, you are looking to write a book or you've got something on the, on the go or you just want to find out more, go to johnhuntpublishing.com and I would love to make your writing dream a reality. I can't promise, but like I want to encourage people to be creative. And I think with the pandemic, some people have had a lot of time and maybe they've had a lot of pain. They want to commit to the page or lots of experiences and stories. And I want to support that. So thank you to everyone. And thank you very much for supporting Harvest. Now, Harvest, the true story of alien abduction, is a seven-year investigation that I have personally um, been working on. Uh, that I've investigated with a young woman who claims she has been abducted by aliens. Now, that might not necessarily sound like anything new or exciting, but with this particular encounter, this account, this testimonial, there were so many elements of it that were really peculiar, but I found it very, very interesting. First of all, that the subject could recall very vivid and key pivotal moments of her abduction without regression, without hypnosis. And I also spent a long, long time with it, trying to discern and establish if this was a psychological condition or if this was an actual event she believed to be real. And by the end of it, not only did I start to believe that this could be something very, very real, I actually started to become very, very fearful. And that's why we're radiating that unknown, that our lives aren't black and white. There is a spectrum of uh, a universe that we don't necessarily understand from the good and the positive and the uplifting and the spiritual all the way to something very, very dark and very sinister and very, very insid insidious. So I've written three books that are basically myself spending time with subjects over many years, interviewing them, researching, getting to know them, studying, finding out about the psychological possibilities of what they're experiencing. Uh, and that was Haunted Horror of Haverford West, which has done incredibly well. Go Sex, The Violation, which is one of the most terrifying things I've ever done in my life. And that had a profoundly negative effect on me personally. And then that leads me to Harvest, the true story of alien abduction. So I've covered uh, Spectrophilia, which is paranormal sex, which also included demons, hauntings, and finally UFO abductions. And this is it. As I was saying, I kind of said to you before we started, this is my last investigation because for nearly a decade, I have spent my life in a very dark and scary world trying to discern what is happening to people all over the world and are these things real? And if it is psychological, then... I'm not saying that makes it easier, but it's a, a lot safer world than it is if it is real. Because if what's happened in Harvest, the true story of alien abduction is real, then not one of us on this planet is safe. And we are due some very, very bad times ahead. Oh, my goodness. I mean, it really, truly is scary. Um, we often hear about um, people who have had these alien abductions and, you know, they're relatively OK. They may have um, some marks that they can't explain or, you know, terrifying nightmares afterward. But in this story, people actually people and animals actually were harmed. And that's yeah. scary. Well, basically, like, I don't want this to come across as some pious rant about activism and environmentalism, how we treat animals. But that is a huge part of this, because when I spoke to Susan, the subject, she's incredibly 
articulate, intelligent woman. She wasn't into the paranormal. This wasn't a, a subject she wanted to get into. Uh, but it, this world found her, and it kind of ruined her life. It's like she she had a roadmap to success. She was in uh, she was on career progression to follow in the family footsteps. You know, we're talking uh, a very attractive young woman, highly intelligent. You know, we're talking the house, the car, the husband, the kids, the business, the profession, the hard work, the money, all the success and accomplishment that brings. To have that taken away by something that is, pardon the pun, but alien, something that we have no control over. So as we were going through her testimonial and committing it to the book Harvest, the true story of alien abduction, there was all these very much like parallels between how we treat animals and how we treat the planet and how these aliens treat us. So when we go to the supermarket and we buy a chicken or, uh, you know, a chicken breasts or a steak or sausages, whatever it is, right? We don't worry about it. We don't think about it. We're in our automobiles driving past. We see cows full of, uh, you know, fields full of cows and a pond full of ducks or whatever. And, uh, you know, we just take it all for granted, right? We get our eggs in a carton and we think they're free range, brilliant, great. We've got, we're doing our bit for the world, great. And then there's, if we're to believe not only Susan's account, but tens of thousands of people across the world throughout history. Uh, a great friend and, and fellow author, Paul Anthony Wallace, he's written an amazing book called Escaping from Eden. And he's got alien abduction cases going back to biblical times. There's all these references, right? But these other beings come and they just pluck us from the ground, right? And they do what they want. And they are harvesting us the same way we treat animals, right? They are taking little bits from us, they're taking a lot from us. They are they are impregnating and taking children off of off women. They are entirely, and this is terrifying, entirely harvesting whole people, women that are sick and ill. Now, I'm not saying this is exclusive to women, but from Susan's account, it was all women. She didn't see any men, and she saw on uh, she saw uh women from Africa, children, young girls, as young as four or five, and old women suffering with dementia. And all these people were all in this environment where little bits are being extracted to having everything removed and just like a sack of skin left that was just sucked off. So we are being treated like, like cattle, like animals, by what we would believe. And it's certainly very challenging to a lot of people that – these creatures are far more sophisticated and advanced than us. So therefore, they treat us as we treat cows and ducks. And to some degree, they probably don't even treat us as well as we treat animals because they treat us like insects. We are just bugs. And there is no, we don't know why they are harvesting us, whether it is as if they're eating us or think about what we do. We kill, not us personally, and probably a lot of your audience can't necessarily relate to this, but there's countries in, in the Far East that will kill sharks and dolphins to use as an aphrodisiac. Yeah. So some guy can get his rocks off later on, you know, on Valentine's night, mm-hmm. you know. And when we say that out loud to, say, a Western audience, we might say, oh, my gosh, that's, that's not very nice. 
And when we looked at what how this pandemic allegedly started, that the food markets are eating pagolians and bats and all, we haven't really got the stomach for that. But we are being treated like those animals by a far more superior and advanced race, whether they're alien beings or dimensional beings, I don't have the answer to that. But all I do know is it's really scary. It's terrifying. And when you look at the figures, right, 625,000 people go missing in the United States every year. I'm not saying all of them being abducted by aliens. Of course not. People have got mental health. They've dropped out. They've been murdered. They've joined a cult. They've just dropped out of society, okay? But 1.3% of those people every year are just never found again. They are unsolved mysteries, right? Um, I believe it is, uh, I've got it written down, 90 people, uh, sorry, one person goes missing every 90 seconds in the United Kingdom, an island. 90 seconds, right? Again, yeah. I'm not saying that's UFOs or anything like that. I'm just saying, what about these 1%, 30,000 people in Australia go missing every year, right? And about 1% to 2% of everyone who goes missing throughout history are unsolved mysteries. There is nothing to show that they ever existed. There is no evidence. There is no clues. They have simply gone. And I think we need to start asking ourselves, what if? Mm -hmm. Right. That's, the, that's, that's it. And just to even open up the possibilities. Um, so this, this woman, Susan, of course, that is not her real name because you want to, of course, protect her identity. Um, I just, I, I do worry about her. Is she safe? She believes she won't be here for very long. Um, it's very emotional getting attached to a subject because you have to have the balance of, is this mental health or is this real? Now, if it is mental health, I have a duty of care, as, as, you, as do you, you know, to kind of look out for that person's, you know, well-being. You know, if, if I suddenly started acting irrationally in this interview and whatnot, you'd be like, hang on, I don't think Gavin's very well. And we have to have that duty of care. But with this particular case, there's, there is such a fine line between what is mental health and what is real. Because we can't send Susan to a doctor and they say, oh, yeah, you're just having a delusion. And then they just feed her drugs and tablets and pharmaceuticals. And at the same time, if she has been abducted by aliens and being forced to endure some traumatic, horrifying experiences then we need to kind of like wise up and think about this. Now, people listening who aren't necessarily into the subject, right? Yeah. They're going to say, well, really, uh, is there things such as UFOs? Is there things such as, you know, aliens and whatnot? Well, for years, researchers claimed that the United States government were running a top secret program and research into the UFO phenomena, right? And time and time again, the American government said, you know what, it's, it's nothing there. For 70 years, they said there is no UFOs, there's no Area 51 stuff going on, there was no Roswell, blah, 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 right? And UFOs have just been written off for years as uh, mirages, misidentification, or new aircraft and new missile technology, you know, maybe Russian, maybe, um, maybe American or Chinese or whoever, right? And then in December 2017, broken or not some, you know, some tin hat, tin foil hat forum or website conspiracy thing, right? The, the New York Times had a fact-checked article that the Pentagon have in fact been researching UFOs and they released footage 
of the best fighter pilots in the world in the best aircraft, that's the American United States Air Force, chasing these objects. And these pilots are amazed. And they're like, we don't know what these things are. And it was it was quietly leaked. All the mainstream press picked up on it. But there was no, the world didn't panic. There wasn't riots. The, the world didn't crack into, nothing really happened, right? And then during, uh, on June the 22nd of this year, 2020, as we speak, um, during the riots in America, during the pandemic, when the world just seemed like it was uh, part of the Purge movie series, you know, it was just absolutely terrifying, right? <laughs> there was another article came out, and this was like that the Pentagon are actively investigating, unite, uh, sorry, unidentified aerial uh, phenomenons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now we've got a thing. Hang on. We've been told for 70 years that UFOs are in a load of rubbish. Mm-hmm. But now the most powerful government in the world, the, with the biggest economy, the biggest military, the, probably the best scientists, you could argue, have now told the rest of the world, yeah, we have these things coming into our airspace and we don't know what they are. And the thing is, Russia have been saying that UFOs existed from the 1980s. I believe it was Mikhail Gorbachev. He said the phenomenon of UFOs is real and it must be treated seriously. And he said that in 1985. And uh, Reagan and Gorbachev signed a peace treaty in Reykjavik, Iceland in 1985, saying, should there be uh, a threat from out of this world, whether, you know, determine that as you want, asteroid, whatever, right? But the USSR and the USA would drop all grievances and work together until that threat was dealt with, right? Belgium have been recording UFO sightings since the early 1990s. Chile actually filmed the UFO spewing out some weird gas, you know, and then we get an all, you know, the International Space Station has just given up. NASA's just given up trying to edit stuff now. And you go onto the feed. If you go on YouTube and just put International Space Station feed UFO, all these NASA things, you've got all these things flying around, going really quick, stopping, lights coming out of them, flying over the earth, and then things trying to shoot them down. It's like, what's going on? What is actually going on on our planet? Now, if these, if these alien beings are real, then we need to know, or they might not be alien, they could be dimensional, there's all these different theories in, in quantum physics on where and how these things get here. Now, if the Chinese or the Russians or the North Koreans were sending planes unchallenged into North American airspace, right. the people of America did be an outcry. They, they, would, they would be furious, like, how have we been put at risk? Mm-hmm. Now, if those same people, the Chinese or the Russians or the North Koreans, are flying over to America and taking your women, kidnapping them, your children, your friends, your family, your lovers, your brothers, your husbands, your wives, and harvesting them for some whatever reason, America would go to war. And we can't, we can't, we can no longer ignore the very real possibility based on the fact that the most powerful nation on the planet has told us there are things now, but we don't know what they are. If you haven't seen the video, people, go and watch the videos of the best pilots in the world trying to keep track of these ufos yeah they're calling them the tic tac videos the tic tac tic tac and these pilots are just astounded they're like they're like whooping and hollering and going they're swearing they're just so excited because 
one of them is working so hard in his aircraft, probably the most powerful aircraft on the planet, to just try and get his camera to track this thing. And he is pulling incredible Gs, but he's been outclassed and outmaneuvered at every step by this the tic-tac, this UFO. It's not a drone. It's not a bird. It's not swamp gas. It's not it's Venus. It's, it's an actual aircraft flying at a thousands of miles an hour, incredible Gs, and just vanishing and then ending up 60 miles away to where the plane was heading back. I know these things and they captured it on radar and they captured it on radar as well yeah many years ago it was in the 90s I believe um, there was a huge UFO sighting at O'Hare airport in Chicago and documented by many many people and then it made a big flap at the time but then afterward everybody seems to have forgotten about it these things are have been going on since the beginning of recorded history um you know descriptions in the bible descriptions um or actual images on on paintings in the medieval period and before is then the um the native art down in in south america the the um the lines i can't remember the name nazca lines thank you yeah all of these things um it's kind of hiding in plain sight out there um so I know another question I had for you, Gav, is that, um, you know, just as we have many races of people here on the United States in, in the world, um, there are many races outside of this world as well. Do, who do you think is doing the, um, the harvesting? Do you have any? That's an amazing question. That is an awesome question, right? Because not everybody has a negative alien abduction experience right if you look at like say whitley streber in communion even though he had the whole abduction alien probe experiments injections and whatnot um he saw it as part of an ongoing spiritual enhancement and if you talk to authors of like homecoming like keith anthony blanchard he had a tremendously positive experience you know he still keeps in touch with his alien handler and you know, I don't know much about that side. Um, it's not an area I've necessarily gone to, right? But Paul Anthony Wallace, again, from Escaping from Eden, he made this wonderful point in his book, uh, uh, Escaping from Eden, that there is a cabal of life forms who are highly invested, very, very interested in our planet Earth. Now, I don't know. I'm not David Icke. I'm not, you know, I don't have the answers. Um, I'm, I'm not going to say this is real and this is not real. I write in a way where I interview my subjects and I bookend it with some theories, some ideas, and I give you, the reader, the investigation, and you can read it all and make up your own mind. So if you want to email me and say, do you know what, Gav, I just read Harvest, True Story of Alien Abduction. I think it was a psychological condition, blah, blah, blah. I'm really interested in that. If you get in touch with me and say, do you know what, I had a very similar experience, but it was positive. I'm interested in that. I don't know the answers, right? But this cabal of, of beings are very, very interested. But Paul Wallace believes there is an agenda uh, where they have almost like, you know, they have an agreement where X amount can be harvested, X amount can be experimented on. And then there's different races trying to do different stuff, which does tie in with a lot of UFO, UFOlogy. You know, we've got, we've heard of Nordics, we've heard of reptilians, we've heard of little greys, big greys, robotic. You know, you've got the Billy Meyer kind of cases, which, you know, I don't know 
you know, that's a good example to use. But you've got all these different um, scopes of, of interaction and encounters. And some certainly want to do the best for us. Now, this is pure speculation, you know, but I believe what could happen is the people of Earth, right, we're, it's, we're, we're hanging in the balance, okay? There are alien life forms, dimensional beings that see that we are good, that we have potential, that we can make a difference in our little part of the galaxy, right? And we do. At the, at the heart of it, right, we are loving, we are kind. We um, think of, like, the great things, music, art, you know, how we nurture our children as a whole. Like, as a whole, we are really, really good. But then on the flip side, we're tribalistic. We, 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 find it, we find it very challenging if someone is different. Not everybody, but think about it, right? Black versus white, Muslim versus Christian, gay versus straight, football teams, uh, Democrats versus Republicans, Brexit, you know, UK elections, you name it. If the human race, if we can find a reason to fall out with someone because they're different, we will. And it's inherent in us. And we're still the tribalistic people we were tens of thousands of years ago. We're just on a bigger st- scale, right? And we can't help that. So the the positive influence from aliens is that if we can be spiritually enhanced and we can kind of like sort out our planet our issues be better to each other then we're we're fighting for but these other creatures we're just animals we're just animals like if you had like say you're an alien right Mm -hmm. and you were like shown the highlights of the news for like this year right? i know it's a very strange uh situation but if you're an alien and you see the news right you just see the headlines of the news of this year right would you actually think we were we're fighting for wow yeah probably not you know our planet's on fire we're polluting our planet you know we've got viruses pandemics our political system is all over the shop it's basically a two-horse race right um in, in most countries um you know we kill each other we murder each other we rape each other we've got like child sex trafficking you know we're cruel to animals we we eat and take like there's no tomorrow we chop down all the trees not everyone the thing is the people watching us now you're really good you're really good people you're beautiful people you're amazing people everybody watching us right now is an amazing human being right but unfortunately for every good person watching right now there's someone who is just horrific and they're doing something atrocious. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, yeah, I can, I can see that, you know, from an outsider's perspective, um, you just kind of look at the balance sheet and um, I can understand that. And I do know that even from my work with, I don't know if you can, oh, where is this lady up here? Dolores Cannon. Um, you know, I, I carry on her work and I see um, stories of people who have been, had interactions with alien life forms and they tend to be positive, but, you know, I think for just the same as what you were saying about humans, for every positive interaction, there's, there can be negative interactions as well with alien life forms. And that's really the thing that we have to realize if we think, go around thinking, oh, it's all good. They all have our best interest at heart. They just want to protect us from ourselves. Um, That's not necessarily the case. And so think about it. I'm sorry to interrupt, but think about it, right? Like people say, well, really, if aliens are abducting us, then 
surely we'll know, sure we'd notice, right? If we look about those missing people figures from earlier, right? There's about 200, I'm, I'm, you know, approximately there's around 200, 225 countries on the planet, right? So if you take two people from America a day, two people from Britain a day, from Canada, right? Before you know it, you're taking 400 people a day from every, you know, right? That's that's 2,000 people a week. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows. It's like if I came into your house, right, and I stole a dollar from your purse every day for a year, you might not notice. If I came in and I took a hundred dollars and one go and all your credit cards, you're going to know something's up, right? So when Susan was on board, I, you know, we don't know if it was an alien base, uh, spacecraft. We don't know. It, it was basically like this humongous abattoir, like a big factory with with women in it, and she claimed she saw thousands of women on board this 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 thing, this vessel, being treated like cattle. Yeah. And if you think about it, you know, these are multidimensionality beings in all probability. And these could be um, not just from our own timeline, could be from other timelines as well. So then the possibilities are just absolutely mind-boggling, right? That is terrifying. Mm-hmm. I love your theory. That these women could be missing from hundreds if not thousands of years ago, as well as ones missing right now at this time, right? So, I mean, the you know, as Dolores used to say, anything you can imagine and things that you can't even imagine are really going on. So the, the just the, the consequences are, are huge, absolutely huge. Did you know that Radiate Wellness has a subscription-based premium content Facebook group Think of it like the premium version of this free podcast. In this premium Facebook group, you can find great content like replays of online classes, meditations on angels, chakras, mindfulness, and more, guest speakers, mini classes, polls. Plus, you'll be the first to know of guests that we have scheduled for the podcast and can submit questions for them. You get all of this great content for one low monthly price, and the first month is half off. You can subscribe by going to radiatewellnesscommunity.com slash shop. Click the subscriptions button, and you're in. Also, while I have your attention, wherever you're listening to this free podcast, if you could just do us a couple of favors, please. One is go to hit the subscribe or follow button. Then you'll be notified of all of the episodes we have coming out each week. Also, please rate and review. It sounds really simple, but it helps us to grow our audience when people are looking for great podcasts. And when we grow our audience, we can do bigger and better things and bring you even more great guests. So please do those couple of things, and that will help us grow this audience and this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I know you spent a lot of time with this subject, as you do with all of your books. You are such a good collector of information and someone who can draw out someone's terrifying stories and find out really what's behind it and what um, they might not be willing to tell other people as well. And so you spent a lot of time with this woman, Susan, and heard all of her story. Um, And I'm just kind of wondering... um, God, did she, 
Well, and I, I read the first, at least the first half of the book, and, and I know she realized pretty soon what was going on, but um, honestly, how long did she realize, did it take for her to realize the scope of what was going on, do you think? Well, at the beginning, like a lot of people, when I interview people, I kind of like, it takes a lot of, I need to discern what, what their motives are, what the agenda is. I get people messaging me all day long, right? They want, uh, you know, hey, I've had this amazing alien experience. I've got a haunting. I've been sexually molested by a ghost, demon, whatever. Hey, how much money will I get? Will this be a Netflix series? Will I be on the Oprah show, right? And you've got to kind of like, I'm not interested in any of that. And the thing is with Susan, he, she was desperate, the reason she wanted this experience with me was A, is cathartic, and she wanted to make sense of what was going on. It was like coming out the closet for her. She needed to tell someone. She couldn't approach her family. Um, she had no She no longer had any friends. She didn't have any work colleagues. She was very isolated. Right. And she tried to rationalize everything. When I first went around her house, she had all these books, psychology books. Very, very intelligent woman. And... Not everybody wants to have these incredible experiences. Some people, from my experience, they have very mundane, ordinary lives, and they need to feel special. They need to think they have a guardian angel. I'm not saying this isn't real, that, that, that these things don't exist, but they, they need a guardian angel, or they need a haunting, or a spirit, or whatever, right? So they kind of fantasize about a paranormal world. Maybe it's real, maybe it's not, I don't know. But with Susan, it was all very rational. So the first major event for her was her and some friends, uh, her and three friends, they had a little girl, like a girly night. They'd worked very hard. They're in higher education. They're having a girl, girl's night in, in a farmhouse right here in Pembrokeshire, West Wales. Beautiful place. And if anybody wants to know really what the geography and landscape like is in Pembrokeshire, head over to my Instagram, The Paranormal Chronicles, right? And there's loads of pictures of the coast and the mountains and the woodlands and all the history we have here. So if you're interested in that, there's loads there. Yeah. So they were having like a slumber party, girls in pajamas, a couple of those bottles of wine. They made a big fire. They had the pet dog there. Absolutely middle of nowhere. They made a call to see if some boys wanted to come down. These women, you know, didn't really 20s at the stage um they were very very professional and focused on work but now and again they'd let their hair down so susan went upstairs to use the loo and to get to this house it was a very long isolated track and this this at night now and once you were on this track you were committed to it so like if you didn't know the area, you could easily get lost and you'd have to come down the track. So she sat in the loo and through the window, she could see this car coming down. And she thought it couldn't have been the boys we just called because they're like half an hour away. And she said, as this car was making its way down, <clears throat> excuse me, the lights went off in the house. She was sat in darkness and she she believed that these lights on the on the thing just, just lifted up. And then a huge bright light came in from above her, right? Mm -hmm. And she said she was just sat there, you know, she's got her pajamas around her knees. She sat there looking up and she had this bright light. There was a skylight above, yeah. Skylight above. And um, she just, the light went off, the bright light went off, the power came back on. She could hear friends, and says, like, woo, like, chant, you know, shouting and all this. And 
she rationalized that there was a helicopter because in, in, in a, a big area like Pembrokeshire, when the power goes down, we get these helicopters checking the lines. She reckoned that maybe the car coming down was an electricity van and they've got one of those things on the back that go up and down that can check power line. She just rationalized it. She went back, she went downstairs and all her friends said, where have you been? And she said, I've been to the loo. And she, they were like, you've been gone 10, 15 minutes. She said, no, I haven't. I've been gone you know, like two, three minutes at most. And she had actually been gone about 10, 15 minutes. All the mobile phones had turned themselves off. The, uh, the friends had lit candles and stuff. So Susan actually went outside to have a look to see if there was a car on the track. She didn't see it. But it wasn't in her remit. If There was no mystery, no excitement. She just didn't, wasn't that interested in finding out if there was anything more to it. She, she was not interested. Oh. To give a scale her family... Um, you know, they weren't even religious people. They would do the, the, you know, the token duty going to church for Christians' awareness, but they weren't even on that level. They were just very rational, focused, professional, intelligent people. So later that night, next to the farmhouse was a converted barn, which had a garage underneath, or garage, as the Americans say. <laughs> Thank you. And, there you go, say it correctly. And then it had um, like a holiday cottage on top for visitors could come down pay the family a couple hundred pounds a yeah, week and they could airbnb brilliant brilliant so susan of bags i to stay there with the the family pet with friends family pet and she did have a little motive why she wanted to go over, over to this place now it's because she smoked smoked cigarettes but based on her studies and the profession she was going into she didn't think it was a little guilty secret she'd have a, a cigarette now and again so she let the dog in he went upstairs he got in the bed she had a cigarette downstairs she locked up closed the door went upstairs and upstairs if you can imagine it there was a little bed in the corner and a little kitchenette and then you had a little shower little sofa area skylights above skylights in the wall just really nice place so she'd had a bit to drink. She went to sleep about three, half three in the morning. She feels there's something in the room and the the dog starts growling. The, the dog gets up. The dog jumps off the bed. There's a flash of light. She can see figures in the room. There's huge bright lights come in again through the skylights, just beams of light. And she believed that this... Uh, there was a there was a weird smoky uh, light, and she heard the dog howl in pain. And then she said she saw very close to her face um, a, a, a shiny, smooth face, like a, the way she described it is like if you had a, a motorcycle helmet, like a proper one, but it was on back to front where it was just the smooth side. Yeah. Um, so she woke up in the morning. Glass was broken by the side of the bed. She assumed she'd had a nightmare. She had severe cramps, like really severe period pains, cramps in her back, pains in her eyes, nosebleed, horrific diarrhea, nausea. Yeah. Um, the dog wasn't there, so she assumed simply one of her friends came over and uh, took the dog out early in the morning to go so we could go for a walk, have a pee or whatever the case was, so it could do its business. So she went back to the farm house. Her friends were in bed and she got into bed with one of her friends and said, well, you know, did you go and get Lenny? 
the dog. And the friend's like, no, where is he? Where is he? And she started panicking. She said, you must have not locked the door. You mustn't have locked the door. There must be something, you know, what have you done? You've, you've lost the dog. So all the friends got up, they looked, and they started calling the police, the council, if there's any roadkill, neighbouring farms, the vets, and the dog was never seen again. Yeah, that's terrifying. Well, and she was, she was sick on top of this. And then uh, I remember later that it was her, it was her grandmother, yes, that got sick. Her grandmother had died before of cancer before, but her auntie got her auntie died very quickly of of like severe cancer. As and the cat that was also yeah. it's very it's very the cat also died the next day. So like for people who are listening, I go whoa, what's what's happened there? So from that that was that moment at the farm was kind of like the introduction to it. And for all intents and purposes, you can rationalize it. You can say, well, maybe she was drunk. She left the dog open. She had bad dreams. The power cuts played on her, on her mind. But after that, she saw a UFO on the Milford Haven estuary, mm-hmm. uh, which is a huge, huge waterway here in Pembrokeshire. It's like something from Blade Runner, loads of factories and refineries and bigger oil tankers and LNG gas. Her and her for intense purposes, boyfriend, saw this UFO, which was witnessed by 16 other people as well. So then that's kind of the point she was starting to think something is happening. And she then had three incredibly detailed, surreal nights of dreams or visions or premonitions with which followed a pattern. And when she woke up from one of them, she claims that, her in her auntie's bedroom who she lived with her auntie was in bed with a cat and there was some kind of creature like a bulbous bioluminescent creature with these tendrils had all these things going into their mouths and you know down their nose and the cat was levitated because all these tendrils were just holding it up and the cat died in the morning and the auntie died in within a couple of weeks yeah Absolutely horrifying. Um, this is not the uh, love and light type of alien encounter at all. It's not E.T. It's not E.T. No. You can't give it Reese's Pieces and hope it goes away. <laughs> <laughs> or finds its way home, right? And so these um, these 16 people at the estuary, they all saw the same thing. And what did they describe that as? So basically, it's very, very common, very common UFO. Like in Pembrokeshire, it's very prolific. So we're not talking flying saucers or things like that. It's basically an orange, what it's described as is an orange ball of fire within a glass globe. Yeah. Moving at incredible speeds and distances with very far superior capabilities and maneuverability than anything that we could imagine. And that is often seen going down the waterway. Uh, it's been reported in local paper, local fishermen. After I'd finished the project with, with Harvest, um, what I did was I did a little shout out and I asked people yeah. to just give me some of their examples of UFO activity, right? And the amount of orange lights, not just in Halford West and Pembrokeshire, but all the way across Wales, going into Swansea, people seeing these orange balls of light. And probably some of your uh, your viewers 
maybe they've had UF experiences or just strange encounters where they have seen these orange lights as well. So Susan, again, being incredibly rational, she actually tried, and like what, what everyone needs to know with Harvest, the true story of alien abduction is, is that Susan does not want this to be real. Susan wants an explanation. Susan isn't hoping for that Netflix series or that sat on the Oprah. Otherwise, she would be here now. She would be here talking to you instead of me. She's in Australia now because she reckons she's going to be dead very, very soon. But these balls of light, she was kind of hoping that it was some kind of environmental uh, some environmental phenomena where, because on the estuary, we've got all these refineries pump, spewing out huge balls of gas and fire, <laughs> that it was somehow captured in some kind of like gas cloud and it was ignited and then was just being carried around by the wind. But she knows deep down that is not what's happening. And other people have seen these orange lights. These things turn, they move, they leave trails in the water. Some of them go into the water and come back out. Um, I don't know what these things are. She calls them the shepherds because whenever she was to be abducted, she would always see one of these things not far behind. So if you are out there and you're seeing a lot of orange lights and maybe your things are happening to you, it might be, you know, I don't want to like scare people, but it might be worthwhile looking into what is actually happening in your life. You know, that brings up a question for me. Um, if you have these things going on in your life and you are scared, what do you think we can do about it? This is the tough thing now, because if you said to a cow in a field, look, tomorrow a farmer's going to take your calf away and then you're going to the abattoir and you're going to have a bolt put in your head, that cow can't do anything, right? Right. If you just introduce a bull into a field and that bull's going to have its way with all the other cows, there's nothing it can do. Now, I know we are far more sophisticated than an actual cow, but I, what can we do? You you brought up a fantastic point earlier, okay? You said that these beings, they have control over time. They have control over physics. They have control over our, 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 our psyche our mental well-being, our physical conditioning, they have total control over us. They can come and go when they want. Otherwise, you know, we'd all be in our living rooms with shotguns and knives. And and I said that in the book rather foolishly, I think rather immaturely. I said, I think we need to tool up. I think we need to stop this behavior. We are human beings. Unless our governments have some kind of agreement you know, this this should not be happening to us. If what has happened to Susan is real, then it could be anyone's mother or daughter or sister or wife or child, right? And we need to take it very seriously. And I want what I want and what Susan wants is to for alien abduction to be taken seriously, not to be presented by the media as little green men and tinfoil hats and anal probes and all the jokes and puns they make, right? The reason this isn't taken seriously is because the media have been portraying it as a joke. Mm -hmm. And if you want to believe the conspiracy theories at the behest of our governments, right? But now the media, the people who've made this subject like a big joke are now reporting it as real headline news, Mm -hmm. fact-checking it, presenting it on the front page of the newspapers. So there's been a huge paradigm shift now. So if that is true, 
what I'd like is for people to read Susan's account in Harvest, The True Story of Alien Abduction. I want them to talk about it. Even if you don't believe it, I want you to talk about it. I want to talk, I want you to talk with your friends, your family, your colleagues, and say, what if? Where are all these missing people going? Why is the most the biggest government in the world now saying UFOs are real, right? And then the next stage of that is, right, is that we go to our governments and say, what else is going on? What are you doing to protect us? I think that is a wonderful plan. Um, I don't know if you listened to the podcast Wild Thing by Laura Krantz. It's a wonderful series. The second season is all about UFOs and investigating that. And I remember one episode, she said that um, the decision was made fairly early on to make UFOs and extraterrestrials laughable, to make them a joke, little green men and tinfoil hats and all the like to dismiss it. So I think the best thing we can do, just like you said, is to talk to our government officials. Uh, Harry Reid, thank goodness, he's a, he was a senator from um, Arizona, I believe, and um, believed that these things were, were true. And we can lobby folks like him and talk to them about, we need to know if there's any way we can protect ourselves, we need to do that. Um, but it sounds it's tough, like- though, isn't it? It's tough because can we do anything? Right. We can start by talking about it. Like, say someone had gone missing in your life, okay? Maybe a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And the FBI came up to your house and said, look, Christy, look, we're really sorry, but you, you're, this person's never coming home because they've been abducted by aliens in, like, 1988 and we don't know where they are anymore, or if they even exist, can you accept that? It's fundamentally challenging to everything you know. And some people don't want to think people are going missing because of aliens, because if they've gone missing, the hope that they just walk out of the blue, they turn up, they've been with a cult, they had a nervous breakdown, they've lost their memory, whatever, is far more hopeful than knowing that these people no longer exist because they've been harvested for God knows what. Right, right. I mean, you, you made the, the correlation between the abattoir and the, you know, the purchasing meat at the market, et cetera, et cetera. But we honestly don't know what these people were harvested for, truly. No, we don't know. And that's terrifying. For all we know, right? They, they could be like intergalactic traders maybe they're making a perfume I'm, I'm being i'm being frivolous now like i'm being silly now because we literally have no idea but if we were to base it on our treatment of animals and our environment you know who knows what they're making <laughs> who knows there's people who've got monkeys paws right as ashtrays like i remember one of my grand's friends had bought in africa a monkey's paw in the 1930s and it was an ashtray. Mm, so they, they killed the monkey and chopped off his hands so some tourists could buy an ashtray in 1930 for, you know, a dollar or whatever it would have been. Yeah, exactly. So any any form of purpose, but none of it is good. <laughs> no, none of it is good. No. So these are absolutely harrowing events that we can read about in your new book, Harvest, The True Story of Alien Abduction. And that, I think, is the most important part, is that it's a true story, at least to this woman. She knows what happened, she believes what happened, and she convinced you to believe as well. 
And so we can all read that. So where can we buy this book? Where can we find it? Thank you so much. You're so kind, you know, with your time and your promotion. And more importantly, the, the fact you got it, like, it's really nice because I know this probably wouldn't be your like kind of book, but like the fact you got it, you know, we don't know if this is real or not. It's real to Susan. And we explore both her events and the psychological rationale. And the fact what you said is a fantastic endorsement. I really appreciate that. That I want people not into UFOs and aliens to read this as well, because I think it'd be really interesting. And you can get it. It's smashing the charts right now. Uh, you can get it on Amazon, Kindle, Barnes & Noble, wherever books are sold. It's a bit difficult right now at the time of recording with COVID, but your local bookshop should have it. It, it, it's great. And I'm really proud that, you know, this is my last investigation. There we go. Whoa, I vanished. Look at me. I've been, I've been teleported by aliens. There we go. There, go. there is there something. But Harvest, the True Story of Alien Abduction, it is my last book. And I hope that my work, my promotion, and with the support of you and your wonderful uh, viewers and everyone else out there, that we can make harvesting and alien abduction hybridization and ufo sightings part of the narrative without people feeling like it's a joke do you know what christy for the last 10 years right i get people coming up to me going oh i don't believe in that rubbish but i did see this one thing or my my mum she this happened to her or when my dad died i thought he was at the end of the bed because people are too scared to talk about it so let's just make Alien abduction, the paranormal, the metaphysical, the spiritual, just, just make it everyday conversation because what is paranormal today, one day will simply be normal. Every time we discover something in physics, in medicine, in, 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 in psychology, we open another world of mystery for what happens next. We don't know everything. We're a tiny speck of sand in this huge ocean of, of possibility and infinity that is our universe. And for every possibility that something is negative out there, there's going to be something wondrous. So let's just open our minds. And hopefully, Susan and others like her, this will not be in vain. That what we do by just talking about it, exploring these ideas, talking to our politicians, talking to each other, will just make a little bit of a difference. And maybe in 20, 30, 40, 50 years, our governments will tell us the truth and say, do you know what? This was real. And we can't we can't get those people back, but we're doing everything we can now to protect you from what's up there. And that would be a very good day indeed. That would be a very good day indeed. Yeah. And I would encourage everyone to talk to their officials and bring that day closer for us so that we know that um, not only are we not alone, but we can be protected. That's wonderful. Gavin, you are just absolutely lovely. I've so enjoyed talking with you. This is wonderful. And so we can find your book at John Hunt Publishing. John Hunt Publishing, yeah. Yeah. And uh, you also have the Paranormal Chronicles, which I, I don't want to be remiss in mentioning that. Yeah, like um, you can head over to the Paranormal Chronicles on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, there's, um, you know, we've got a really nice group page about 3,000 people and they really, they, they share a lot. You, you, you share some amazing stuff on there. It's just a really nice community. Uh, there's a like page out there as well as a Twitter page. Instagram, some really nice pictures. Head over to John Hunt Publishing if you just want to read. And if you're really into paranormal stuff, uh, John Hunt Publishing's got the sick 
common print, which is ghosts, aliens, spirituality, mediumship, some amazing authors like Carol Obley, uh, you know, John Fraser, uh, Keith Anthony Blanchard, Clear Waters. Oh, there's just amazing books from everything from psychic kids to aliens to orbs to ghosts. To, oh, it's amazing. I'm so blessed to work with these amazing people. And more importantly, I'm blessed to work with people like you, Christy, because you're doing an amazing job giving people like me an opportunity to talk about aliens, you know, a subject which a couple of years ago no one would want to touch. No one would have taken it seriously, Gav, honestly. And I'm just thrilled. I mean, I wanted to put this out for kind of our Halloween special or Halloween episode because it is spooky and frightening and all of the above. Um, But I would love to have you back anytime to talk about any of the amazing things that you're working on because you just turn out such top-notch stuff. I am so amazed that you would sit down and talk with me. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm amazed you would let me on your show. You know, <laughs> you're amazing and I can't thank you enough. And I, do you know what? I think for Valentine's, right, we <laughs> should come back and talk about the ghost sex, the violation. Can we? Of course. Get, get in touch. Oh, my gosh. That would be wonderful. I know the ghost sex book, it sounds titillating, but it's not. Ah. So, but we'll talk about for Valentine's because I know I <laughs> I know I am unattached and kind of cynical when it comes to Valentine's. So that would be awesome. That would be lovely. We'll talk about sex. You are so fun. So Gavin, we'll have you back on for the Valentine's edition. Thank you. Anything you ever need from me, please just ask. Because the pleasure, honestly, sincerely, is all mine. You are an amazing woman. And I'm a huge fan. And I am absolutely honoured and blessed that you were part of my life. And you're a big part of my life as well. So thank you very much. Radiate Wellness is a community of holistic and alternative healers and consultants based in the Kansas City area, dedicated to helping you create spiritual, energetic, and physical well-being. To learn more about our practitioners, services, classes, and events, or to schedule an appointment, visit us at radiatewellnesscommunity.com. Are you looking for help on your path to healing? I'm Lisa Campion. I'm a psychic, Reiki master, teacher, and energy healer. On my podcast, The Miracle of Healing, I'm going to help you on your healing path. Listen to conversations with leading teachers in energy medicine, quantum healing, and people who have recovered from loss and illness. Whether it's to take care of your own healing or to help other people, this is the podcast for you right here on mindbodyspirit.fm.